morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Altazan, with Mr. Josh Wilson in the studio today. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Josh. And of course, Brian's feeling a little under the weather. Kind of out of it right now. So. Yeah. That's mildly putting it. Put it mildly. Sure hope he's feeling better and gets back on his feet. Yeah, hope he's a recovery there. Get yeah. back in the shop. So we are live and in person today. So any questions you might have for the last two weeks that you didn't get a chance to get them answered? <laughs> wow, <laughs> two this, weeks? That's right. Two weeks in a row, boy. That's a, yeah, we'll make up for it today. That's right. We're going to give you a lot of good information. Go ahead and give us a call. It's 499-9526. That's 499-WJBO. And, of course, just in case you don't get a chance to call in or something occurs to you during the week, you can always log on to the website. That's www.agcoauto.com. That's Agco Auto. And easy way to remember that is Altazan's Garage Company. Just pop on there and see what you think. Got a vehicle question section, which has questions and answers already in there. Browse through it. You should be able to find something very similar to what you're experiencing. Yeah. It gets to the point where I just really don't get a lot of questions that aren't already answered. What we do is that during the show, people who call in, I generally make a note of the calls. And then people who email me, I make a note of their questions. And I try to add them to it. And it's gotten to a point now where there's very few that aren't already answered. Now, there's also the detailed topic section, which is a much, much more involved answer to a specific topic. For instance, there are things in there on preventing air conditioning problems. One of the very popular ones on transmission services. The correct way to have your transmission serviced. Correct. What not to do. What or... not to do, what to do, what to look out for, all that. Another one I just added, just went online this morning, and is diesels and gasoline engines. Sort of a comparison. Because I know a lot of folks are thinking about buying new cars and buying new trucks. And some of them are considering buying a diesel. So this gives you a little bit more information. And surprisingly... A diesel is not better than a gas truck. It's just different. It's a different technology for a different purpose. So if you have any interest in that, you might want to read that article. It'll give you a lot of good information. Everything in there from information on all changes to information on how to set the air pressure in your tires. That's right. And continually adding more. All the time. Constantly update that. Basically every single day we add new stuff to it. So right. pop on there and see what you think. It's www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. And we're going right to our phone lines. We've got John online. Good morning, John. Good morning. Great show, guys. Thanks, Enjoy sir. it every Saturday. Yes, sir. My question is, I have a 2008 Chevrolet Avalanche. Uh-huh. I know the 02s to the 07 Avalanches have had a lot of transmission problems. Has Chevrolet went to a six-speed transmission to fix that, or is it the same transmission in all the models? They did go to a six-speed. I don't believe it's in the 08 avalanche does yours have the six speed or are you still having the uh four speed overdrive i believe it has an overdrive on it it's a 2008 yeah i think you still have the same 4l60e that's been in it since forever some vehicles do have the six speeds but that's in the i know that's in the 2500 pickups you know the three quarter tons i don't know what all half tons have gone to it yet but i'm pretty sure your avalanche still has the four john you know one thing about that six speed that a lot of folks don't realize, when you go from a four-speed to a six-speed, you roughly got 50% more moving parts. The other thing is that when it does break, which eventually it will, people who's driving around a 2,000-mile truck today, that was a brand-new truck one time. So even though you got no way, you got to remember, it's going to get old, probably not going to be quite ready to get rid of it. But if you have a six-speed, you're going to jump from the two to $2,500 rebuild range up to probably a four to $5,000 rebuild range, which basically is going to total the truck. Yes, sir. So that old 4L60E had some problems, as you well know. Servicing it regular will help a lot with that. 
And if it does break, it can be fixed. That's right. At it's, a fairly reasonable price. Right. If that one does or when the time comes for it to break, the parts are readily available and it can be built the way I build it is much better and much more durable than right. the can, factory. You can correct the problems that it yeah. had from the factory. Right. The problems that it has, it's a problematic unit in some areas, but all of those areas get fixed, and then it's no problems. It's yes, good. sir. Well, thank you for that information, and again, great show, guys. Thank you, Mr. Thank John. You. Bye-bye. Bye. 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Bobby online. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Lewis. Welcome back to vacation. Well, thank you, sir. Enjoy the show, as always. Thank always you. a great show. Uh, two questions. First sure. of all, I've got a 1996 Mercury Marquee. Yes, sir. 103,000 miles, running really well. Uh-huh. Uh, transmission has not been rebuilt. Okay. I'll keep it up pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Lewis, should I think about uh, getting rid of that thing? And what about in light of this 3500 to $4,500 trade-in? Does that change the uh, ADCO economics on it? Not at all. Okay. Bobby, I, I would keep that car at 100,000 miles. You are probably only about halfway through the life of the car if it's been taken care of. Okay. So if you stop and you think about it, this deal, it really kind of drives me nuts the way our government approaches things. Let's throw some money at a problem and all that. What that is really creating is a whole lot of folks who maybe had a car that they could afford and a car they could drive are now, because they can get $3,500 back, go and trade for a new car they can't afford. Sort of like the same thing happened with our housing market, where we enabled a whole bunch of people who maybe really shouldn't have bought a house to buy a house, and then we ended up buying them all back. <laughs> sort of the situation that we're getting into there, and it seems like the same song and dance to me. That car, if it's been taken care of, you've got probably another 100,000 miles in it. Now, the other side of the coin is if you're just tired of the car, you're ready for something else, well, that's great. Life's too short not to have what you want. But from an economic standpoint, Bobby, no matter what you spent, fixing that car it's not ever going to come close to the twenty thousand bucks you're going to be out buying a new car i mean when you stop and you think about it almost anything you buy now is going to be in the twenty five thousand dollar range so even if you get forty five hundred back off which is the maximum you're still twenty grand by the time you put tax title and license you're twenty two to twenty four thousand just the sales tax is going to eat up about three grand yeah. of that money right back in, yeah. and that goes yeah. for absolutely yeah. nothing. I mean, what are we getting yeah. for that? Yeah, I tell you what, I, I take care of things. Lewis, I, I put about 8,000 miles on a year, so, I mean, this thing will outlive me. It yeah. looks good enough, and I like it. I got a, another car that that's my wife's car. That's a primary car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, like I said, I should have called up and said, Lewis, I'm thinking about buying something. Talk me out of it. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those deals that, I don't know, our society in the past has been sort of buy it up, use it up, get rid of it, and move on, mm-hmm. which is kind of what got us in the debacle that we're in now. I remember my mother taking a piece of tin foil that we wrapped sandwiches in, washing it, and folding it, and putting it back on the shelf uh-huh. because it could be used again. Now, yep. how many people would do that today? <laughs> exactly. But she lived 87 years and still doing real good with that theory of, of operation. So, yeah, I just don't believe in just ditching a good car. Yeah, that's a real good car. That is I a mean, real good car. You are not going to get a car like that anymore. Right. You're talking a full-frame vehicle. Real full-frame uh, rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive. Solid motor, solid transmission. And it, it gets good gas mileage. That's it, the yeah, thing. Yeah. Technically, you probably wouldn't even qualify for the that's what I was rebate say. thing I because that car already gets too good a gas mileage. Right. Well, maybe so because I'd be thinking about going to another marquee. I kind of like them. I think that for the value, yeah, you Yeah, and I think they've it. dropped the marquee. It's, it's no longer available in 08. Somewhere now, I know they don't they don't make the rear wheel drive one anymore for sure. No, no, I, 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 like I think rear- they've I think they've dropped the whole name. 
Yeah, you know, if you just got to have something new, what I would suggest is buy something a little newer, like maybe buy a three-year-old car. You know, this 09, maybe buy a 2006 model if you just got to do it. And that way, instead of spending $30,000, you are spending about twelve to fourteen, then drive it another 150,000 miles. Okay, well, believe me, I'm a firm believer in the Althusan theory of economics. <laughs> I mean, if I had uh, ten times the money I have, I wouldn't throw it around either. Well, that's uh, it. You just don't do it. It's not worth it. And and uh, the car, I mean, a car is not me. That's I mean, it. I'm not my car. A car to me is a way to get from point A to point B. I would rather spend my time in Cancun laying on the beach. That's where I'm going to spend my money. <laughs> right, and like I said, the car keeps me out of the rain. A motorcycle does not I'd ride a motorcycle. That's right. You got it. Well, so one, one quick other question. I got a 2005 Honda Odyssey. I bought new myself, and uh-huh. it's been in great shape. I'm thinking about taking a 2,500-mile driving trip to the U.S. Should I, I use that car or rent another car? I tell you what, Bobby, could you hold on through the break? Yeah. I, I got to okay. take a little break, but I'll be right back with you. All right. We're going to take a quick little break and be right back with more. Just a guy here for Agco Automotive with a little advice for those who overshare on Facebook. I know I friended you, but please, I don't need to know what you had for breakfast or where you just scratched. I don't need to know your Uncle Dominic's political beliefs or that your mom painted her kitchen the color called Frosted Fern. And for the last time, we don't care that your cat, Doogie Meowser, really looks like Neil Patrick Harris. Some more advice? In this tight economy, why waste money on a new vehicle? Stick with your older model and take good care of it to make sure it lasts. Come to Agco for quality maintenance and repair, and we'll save you from throwing money away on a big note so you can pay other bills or save for something else. In Facebook terms, that's something you'll definitely like. Want more info? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back. If you just joined us at the Automotive Hour, I'm your host, Louis Alzan, with Mr. Josh Wilson. Hey, between the two of us, we'll answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and just give us a call? We're glad to try to help you out and try to point you in the right direction. And just before the break, we were talking to Bobby. What was the question again, Bobby? Getting ready to take a driving trip to the U.S., mostly interstates and things like that, uh-huh. about 2,500 miles. I've got a 2,005 Honda Odyssey, got uh-huh. 48,000 miles oh, okay. on it. I think it's in great shape. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I don't kind of like to baby my cars and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I rent a car, it's going to cost me 470 sure. bucks. Should I rent a car or should I take my own car? Yeah, I, would, I would have absolutely no reservations, whatever, of hitting the road with that car. Now, what you might want to do is to bring it in, let us do We have a service called a trip check. And that's where we will go through and we will check things like, for instance, any codes in memory, any pending codes in memory. We check the air in all the tires, check the spare tire. We check all the brakes, hoses, belts, basically anything that might give you a problem on that trip. And we can give you a complete bill of health before you ever hit the road. Maybe you know, if there is a problem, we can tell you about it beforehand. But you know, 48K on an 05 model, I wouldn't have any problem at all. I mean, my car, I've got an 05. I've got probably 75,000. I hit the road all the time. I've been all over the country in it. Yeah, I'm not concerned about the cost of liability. I'm just saying because it rocks and, and you know, you, on the, on, you just wear and tear of the car. But I'm thinking of doing it because I like the car so much. And, you know, if, if something happens to a rental car, you got to pay for it anyway, too. So Well, that's right. You're going to pay for it, and you're going to pay for loss of income to the rental company and everything else. So, yeah, I wouldn't have any problem at yeah, all with that. That's kind of what you bought, bought the vehicle for. Yeah. 
Well, that's what good. people tell me, but I like the grandma on my car too bad. No, I just changed, <laughs> I just changed the oil. I got about 800 miles on the oil. Mm-hmm. You think it'll go 2,500 without a need for a change? Oh, yeah, on a trip. See, when you're running like that wide open, you could go easily four or 5,000 because that's not the same as in-town miles. Right, that's called the Lewis Altazan Easy Mile. That's right. You know, when yeah, you're okay. on a trip like that, man, you can just go and go and go because you can be running 70 miles an hour, eight hours a day. I mean, that all right. would be like brand new when you get back. Okay. That won't be any problem at all. Okay, Lewis, take care. You guys have a great time. Okay, Bobby. Welcome back. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. 499-9526, a number if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour. And we've got Charles on the line. Good morning, Charles. All right, sir. How are you, Lewis? I'm great, sir. Thank you. I have a 98 Grand Marquis Mm -hmm. and had an air conditioner problem about 3,000 miles ago. The cooling, electric cooling fan on the radiator up there was Mm -hmm. working, Mm -hmm. and I found out it had a burn contact on the plug on the harness. Okay. So I replaced that. Okay. And gone 3,000 miles and it quit again. And yes, I see sir. that this plug is, is yes, burned. Well, that was very predictable. What happens, Charles, the reason that that contact burns is because the motor is drawing too much amperage. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Yes, sir. The, motor the, was- the bushings go bad in the motor and it starts to pull too much amperage. Usually, anytime you see a burn connection, that is a symptom of the problem and not the actual problem. Okay. So what so you're going to have to do, exactly, and if you want to verify that, there's a little device called an amp meter that you can put on the line and measure the amperage. It's supposed to have a sustained amperage of about 10 amps. Normally, they're pulling close to about 30 when that occurs. So you got three times the amount of amperage the connector can stand, and it'll burn those connections up. But almost any time you see a burn connection, look at the load, and that's where your problem's going to actually be. Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Four nine 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 five two six number. If you want to be part of the automotive, I, we would love to have you. And we've got Ken online. Good morning, Ken. Hey, Lewis. How you doing? Doing great, sir. I've got a 2005 Chevy Avalanche, okay. and I have a couple of quick questions. Sure, go ahead. The first is regarding oil. You know, you, you the recommendation, I guess, is to change the oil every 3,500 miles okay. or every three months. I yes, use synthetic sir. oil. Mm-hmm. I've stopped driving this truck very much. I maybe drive it 500 miles a month now okay. at the most. okay. Is it necessary to change it every three months or go longer? Ken, when you don't drive the truck, believe it or not, that's actually a lot worse on the oil than if you do drive it. Uh The reason being, the way oil works is that it not only lubricates the engine, but it also cleans the engine, does a lot of other things. You crank up an engine, the ambient temperature outside is, say, 90 degrees, which is real cold for a piece of iron. It gets up, it starts going up to 100, 150, 175, 200 degrees, and then you shut it off. Now, what happens to something that's hot when it cools off? Moisture's going to form on it. Now, the moisture's going to condense in the crankcase. The oil's going to pick it up, and it's going to try to hold it in suspension because that's what oil does. Next time you crank it up, same cycle, same cycle, same cycle. Now, the way oil works is that if you get it up to, say, 212 degrees, say a 30-mile trip, water and uh, moisture in it all is going to boil out and the PC system is going to suck it out and form a steam. When you're not driving it much, that doesn't happen. So it stays in the oil and starts turning into acid. So that's why you need to actually change your oil more often when you don't drive it. Now, if you use it synthetic, you could probably get a little bit more out of it. You could probably go six months on it, but I would not try that with regular oil. Okay. Given the fact that synthetic's more expensive than regular oil, yes. I'd change it based on time rather mm-hmm. than miles. Mm-hmm. Would I be better off to switch back to regular oil? Probably so. Economically speaking, the reason to use synthetic, there are a lot of reasons, and I do use synthetic in my vehicles, but economically speaking, they're still not going to average out. Because, see, synthetic oil will get even dirtier than regular oil because it's a better detergent. 
So it's going to get every bit as dirty, if not dirtier, than regular oil. There's nothing it's going to do about the moisture except that it can hold up to it a little better. But see, the moisture is a liquid, so it goes right through the oil filter. The filter mm-hmm. can't take it out. So if you look at from a purely economic standpoint, yeah, regular oil changing more often would be more economical, particularly if you can change it yourself where labor's not a factor. Yeah, then, okay. then it would be a and lot cheaper. Is there any problem switching back to regular after burning? No, just that? stay with the same brand. In other words, gotcha. if you're using Mobile One, go to Mobile Regular. When you change brands of all, it's not that one's bad and one's good, but let's say you were running Mobile One and you went to Quaker State or you went to Kendall or you went to Castrol. Each all company uses different additive packages, and some of those are not compatible one with another, and you can cause it to start using all. But going from synthetic to conventional all is not an issue. Okay. The other question is, uh, when I cranked this thing up today, a little light came on. looks like an engine, one, one of the diagnostic lights. Yeah, check engine light, yes, sir. Any idea what that might be? I know it could be a lot of different things. Well, it could but... be up to 2,000 different things. Literally, that light checks every system on the car. What it's saying is that something is outside the normal parameters that the computer can deal with. There's just a number of things. One of the simplest things you might just check and make sure the gas cap is on tight because a loose gas cap can cause a light, and it won't come on when you fill it with gas. It will come yeah, on when you get that to, already. <laughs> well, it'll come on when you get to three quarters of a tank. Uh-huh. If it's not that, then what you're going to need to do is bring it to the shop, have them run the code that's in, and which the last thing in the world you want to do. And a lot of people make this mistake: is go down to a parts store and get them to run the code, and they'll sell you a bunch of parts you don't need. Yeah, you see, the okay. code cannot be taken literally. The code just gives you a idea of the system that's causing the problem. For instance, a common code that you will have is, say, oxygen sensor out of range. Well, you change the oxygen sensor and the light's still on. Well, now you just blew 150 bucks for absolutely nothing. The sensor was out of range because there was a vacuum leak in the engine. The engine's running too lean. Or the sensor could be out of range because the airflow meter's not reading right, so it's running too rich. Or the sensor's out of range because of spark plug misfiring. So you can't take the code literally. Go ahead and do yourself a one huge favor. Pay a professional to diagnose the problem. I know at Agco, we charge $85 an hour. I can diagnose that problem in under an hour, maybe a lot okay. less than an hour. That is cheaper okay. than any part you're going to waste putting on it. There you go. It'll be a lot okay, cheaper. Okay, good. Well, I'll have to bring it over there for sure. All righty. All right. Thank okay, you. Okay, Ken, thank you, man. Bye-bye. 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Josh online. Good morning, Josh. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Doing great, sir. Yeah, I have a 2008 GMC Envoy. Uh-huh. For some reason, every time the wife goes to fill up, uh-huh. And she goes to start it up. It won't turn over. It takes about two to three times to do that. I'm kind of curious if uh, we looked at the gas cap and we bought a new one and that one's working perfectly fine. Say it won't turn over. You mean you turn the key and it does nothing? It'll just start. It'll try to start up, but it'll, it actually it'll won't crank actually over, but won't start. Yes, sir. Okay, and it only happens whenever you fill the tank. Yeah, it'll run rough for like about a minute or two, then it evens out and it won't do it any other time. Hmm, that's pretty strange. I hadn't heard that exact complaint before. What we need to do to diagnose that, Josh, is to run a fuel pressure test on the car. What I would suspect is happening is that the fuel pump is either getting weak or possibly the drain back valve in the pump is going bad. And the fuel, for some reason, is draining back to the fuel tank. The only thing I can think of filling gas would have to do with it is that when you got the cap on, it's kind of hard for that fuel to run back into a tank that's got pressure in it. When you open the cap, you relieve the pressure, so maybe the gas is draining back to the tank. So now you can have to crank it several times for the gas to get all the way back to the front of the truck. 
Now, if that's the case, it's pretty important to go ahead and get that checked and, and repaired because what's going to happen is one day it's just going to break down and leave the screen. Okay. And uh, where are you guys located at? Hey, go to our website and just type location. We're on Corsi Boulevard to answer your question one block okay. off Sherwood Forest, but it'll give you a map from anywhere in the world. Okay, I appreciate it so Okay, much. man. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. We're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. Just a guy here for Agco Automotive with a few things that chap my hide lately. $150 jeans, vanity licenses that are too complex to read, billboards that say drive carefully. Think about that one. Child beauty pageants. I mean, let's go ahead and set these kids up for failure before they get to kindergarten. And how about when you try to be nice and let someone out in traffic, and they won't go because they're talking on the cell phone? Here's a message for you. Put the phone down! Another thing that chaps my hide is repair shops that use Swaptronics to fix your car. That's where they can't pinpoint the exact problem, so they just change parts, hoping to fix something, which means your repair bill could double. The experts at Agco determine the exact problem, then fix it right the first time, at the price quoted, which does not chap my hide. Want more info? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, it's the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Altazan, with Mr. Josh Wilson. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? We'll be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. And we've got Adele online. Good morning, Adele. Yes, good morning. I have a Jeep Wrangler, uh-huh. 2005. Okay. And uh, when I go on some roads, not all roads, mm-hmm. sort of shakes like the tires are not right. And anyway, I my tires aligned. Yeah, see, Adele, it's not going to be a tire problem because if it were, it would do it on all roads. In other words, the tires don't suddenly get good on some roads and bad on other roads. So more likely what that's going to be is a loose part somewhere in the front end. And when you get on a rougher road, you see, you start to feel it. And on a smoother road, you probably don't feel it. So that's more likely to be that kind of a problem should not be terribly difficult to diagnose. You would just need to get it to a shop. They'll jack it up in the front, support the load, and that way they can take the wheels and wobble them and see what parts are loose or part is loose. I would almost bet if it does it on certain roads and not other roads, it's probably going to be a component of some sort that's loose in the front end. How many miles are on it, Adele? 39,000. Okay, so low mileage. Has any work been done on the front end of the vehicle at all? Well, in October, I had a car accident. Oh, okay. Well, I would uh, go back to that because, see, when you strike a part in an impact, it may damage it internally. It may not show any symptoms for a while. That's very common. For instance, you get in a wreck and it hits the wheel and everything seems fine except that the wheel baron has a little spot in it. Well, it doesn't go out right away, but maybe three, four, five months later, the wheel bearing will fail. When it fails, it starts shaking. See, so what you could do with that, almost every legitimate insurance company that I know of will allow for that. They will make what they call a supplemental claim. And there's this damage that showed up after the fact. And they're familiar with that. So I would just take it back to whomever repaired the vehicle, tell them what problem you have, have them look it over. They'll call the insurance company, and then they'll come back out. And generally, they'll cover that as a supplemental claim to the original damage. 
Well, thank you very much, sir. All righty, ma'am. And a great help. Well, thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Four nine 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 five two six is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive aisle, we would love to have you. And we got Karen on the line. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. I have a two thousand two Buick Sabre okay. and not having any serious problems with mm-hmm. it. But I'm wondering. I'm kind of getting tempted by this um, cash for clunkers <laughs> idea. Yeah. And I'm wondering, how do you know if your vehicle qualifies? Is there a website you can go find? There it? is, and I. If you just type in cash for clunkers, it'll bring up the site. I think it's under National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Now, from what I heard, I was doing some reading on it last night. From what I've heard, the fund is already bankrupt. It's already done. They've they've already spent all the money. Well, actually, Congress just added, um, I think, $4 billion more to it. Or at least the House did, and I think the Senate's going to vote on Monday, and it's a very popular item. Karen, if you want a new car and you're ready for a car, that's all well and good. But when you stop and you think about it, your LeSabre probably gets about 28 miles to gallon on the road and probably gets about 20 around town. Uh-huh. You may not qualify at all. If you do qualify, you're going to qualify for the minimum amount. The minimum amount will not even pay the sales tax on a new car. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And then, you're, and then you're stuck with five to six years of note on a car. That's kind of what I've been thinking this morning, but I just wanted to, because I don't want to go on, on the lot and get tempted. I'll tell you what you do. There's this article on my <laughs> website called okay. Agconomics, Stimulating okay. Your Family's Economy. Okay. And go in and read that little article because it addresses this. And there's several other articles listed under it that are on this exact topic. If the car you have is in good shape, it does what you want, then that car may very well last several, several more years. If you have any doubt in your mind, what you may want to do is bring it in. We've got a service we call a general inspection. We can go through and tell you everything that's not only wrong with the car, but things that are fixing to be wrong. Okay. Now, I've checked cars and told people, yeah, you need to trade this car because it's fixing to have big problems. And I've checked other cars and said, hey, there's nothing wrong with this car. It'll go another two or three years. Okay. In today's uncertain times, I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen. Do you really want to be tied up on new car notes if things well, that's really what drop I've been out. weighing. I'm not sure, but I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure. I want to figure I'm going to have to replace this car in about three to four years tops. Right. And I'm trying to figure out, is it better to be paid off on one oh, absolutely. when I'm 60 absolutely. years old? Or is it better to be entering into a note when I'm 60 years well, old? Well, I can tell you, I'm 60 years old. Everything I own in this world is paid for. My house okay. is paid for. My car is paid for. My business is paid for. My inventory is paid for. Everything that I own is paid for. And the way That's I nice got there feeling. was by driving old cars. <laughs> okay. That's how Thank I got you. there. Yes, ma'am. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526, number, if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour. And we've got David online. Good morning, David. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Doing great, sir. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> you know how I got there? I got there by driving 10-year-old cars and, and saving the difference. Well, this one I have is a 96 Bonneville. Mm-hmm. And I was going to trade it in, you know, with a catch for clunk and uh-huh. everything. Well, guess what? Now the engine's starting to seize up on it, huh? And I'm, I'm, they won't take it with the engine not running, which makes a whole lot of sense. They're yeah, crush they're, it anyway. I don't think that bill is designed to do anything but try to help the United Auto Workers, who basically elected a lot of our political officials. That's what it's really geared to do. Technically, if you want to help the people, you give them some money to go get the car that got fixed. Right. <laughs> that would help people a whole lot more, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, kind of ironic that if the car is not running, they won't take it, huh? Yeah, right. They're going to crush it, you yeah. know, and recycle it and everything. That's right. But it, the day before it went into effect, the engine quit on it. It hmm. started seizing up. It's got 240,000 miles on it, so yeah. I got my money. Are you sure that it seized up, or did it just quit running? Well, I took the plugs out, and I can't even hardly turn it over can't with the brake Can't turn the motor with the plugs out. Okay, yeah, well, I, that sounds like it. 
so, you know, I was thinking maybe I could go in and swap out the bearings in it, you know, and well, free it up, but I'm not sure. I don't want to sit there and start getting into a bunch of work. Right, not right, right. It. There are so many of those vehicles and those engines out there. I mean, I would think it would be more cost-effective to get a good used motor, mm-hmm. and you can swap that out. Right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are a ton of those I've vehicles. I've been calling Browns out here. Yeah, that, them, that little 3.8 liter engine, they use it for a million years. That's a pretty good engine. You could probably check around, like Josh said, maybe find a used motor for it. Or, like you said, the car really doesn't know you anything at this point. Even if you give it to St. Vincent de Paul and just go buy you a three-year-old car somewhere, you're going to be so the much ahead. The body is in great shape. I yeah. mean, it's a beautiful car. I've got new struts on it and everything. Well, if you love the car and it's in great shape other than that, then you could probably pick a motor up for $1,000, $1,200 somewhere. If you can do the work yourself, as far as putting it in, you're going to be real cost-effective. I mean, if you got to pay somebody to put the motor in there, it's going to be a lot more money. But um, My buddy works at the junkyard, mm-hmm. the salvage yard, mm-hmm. should I say, mm-hmm. and he can let me have one out of a 05 once he gets it, or 04, you mm-hmm. know, some, something like that for around $700, $800. Oh, yeah, well, particularly if you can do the work yourself. I mean, that's going to be... Yeah, I mean, if you stop and you think about it, David, where are you at right now? You got zero. You got nothing. If you put, let's say you put $3,000 into the car, you drive it for three years and you can still sell it for $3,000. Still get your money back out of it. Right now, you got zero. You think I could get 3000 for that 96? Oh, yeah, in running condition? Absolutely. There's a ton of people that's got $3,000 and needs a car that runs, is willing to pay that for it. Well, do y'all put used engines in? I can, yes, sir. All right, because I might do that because I don't feel like I'm. 54 years old, just yeah. had a heart attack. I don't want yeah. to go through that stuff again. I, don't, I understand. I understand. People do it every day. Uh, but let me see if Glenn can find me a motor for it. Okay. I might bring it down there to you. All right. Well, just let me know. All right. Thank you, All man. right, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. 499-9526 is the number. And we're going back to the lines with Rick. Good morning, Rick. Yeah, hello. How y'all doing? Doing great, morning. sir. I have a 92 Toyota Tuscale. has 186,000 miles on uh-huh. it. Had a check, and one of the cylinders was not firing, no okay. compression. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering whether or not it's worth to either fix it. Some say you can't. You have either, either can't or they just don't want to do the work or replace the engine. So I'm asking you guys, what should I do? It's a good little car, seven gallons of gas. That's about all you can put in it. Yeah. I can probably go ten weeks in it, but, you know, hey, uh-huh. you know, as far as driving it. But, I mean, it's a good little car, so I'm well, just wondering. Well, it would depend, Rick, on why it doesn't have compression because there's a number of reasons. For instance, if it doesn't have compression because it's got a burnt valve, which is one common reason, that can be fixed relatively easily and okay. relatively cost-effective. Now, if it doesn't have compression because it's got a big hole in top of the piston and the cylinder wall scored up, well, then that's a different matter. And it's not all that difficult to determine. What they would do is they should do a compression test and not only that, but do a wet and dry compression test. Now, what that means is you take all the plugs out, you crank it over, you measure the pressure in each cylinder. Okay, now let's say you've got 150 pounds in three cylinders and 80 pounds in the fourth cylinder. Next thing you would do is take a little light oil, say 30-weight oil, and squirt just a little bit down the cylinder and then run the test again. Now, if the compression comes up considerably, let's say it jumps up to 100 pounds, well, then what's happening is you've got a ring or rings that are not seating and all temporarily sealed them. Now, if it doesn't come up at all, then more likely you've got a burnt valve or something like that because all can't seal a burnt valve. The next thing is you could put a little boroscope down a cylinder and look around and actually see if there's any kind of damage inside the cylinder. But it would just kind of depend. The other side of the coin is it's not too terribly difficult to pull the head on that engine. You could pull the cylinder head off if 
like I said, it's got a hole in top of the piston or it's got a busted piston or a busted cylinder wall, at that point, you're probably looking at getting another motor, be it a used motor or whatever, and just swapping the engine. But a lot of times, it could be a bent valve or it could be a burnt valve, and that's not going to be too terribly expensive to fix. I mean, it's going to be a lot, but it's not going to be anything like an engine. Okay. So it can be fixed regardless of what... It can be fixed regardless. You know, it may be a matter of putting a used engine in it, but, you know, it can be fixed regardless. Okay. All right. That's what I need to know. Thank you. Okay, Rick. Thank you, man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we've got to take one more quick little break. Chuck and Peggy, you guys will be up straight after the break. Just a guy here for Agco Automotive with a few things I'm tired of. I'm tired of reality TV. There's nothing real about it. I'm tired of all those housewives, the Kardashians, the brides, the bachelors, celebrities in rehab. Here's an idea. Let's ship all the Flavor Flaves, Snookies, and Honey Boo Boos off to a deserted island and watch America's average IQ jump up a few points. I'm also really tired of automotive repair shops that promote an $89.95 brake job and then hit the folks for $500 and give them a lousy job. Listen to me. And take your vehicle to Agco, where you get quality work performed right the first time for a reasonable price. And that, my friends, is a reality. Want more info? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, president of Agco Automotive. I've got Mr. Josh Wilson, our transmission guru, with me. And, of course, Josh, you didn't get a chance to say a whole lot this morning. Uh, not too much. I'm doing good, though. Yeah, you all right? <laughs> Let's go back to our phone lines. We've got Peggy's been patiently holding. Good morning, Peggy. Hey, Louis. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. This is probably a silly question, but I have a 2005 Chevrolet Trailblazer. Okay. And two days ago... My car's running fine. There's nothing wrong with the car, but the gas needle, you know, on the front showing uh-huh. full yes, or ma'am. empty, uh-huh. it's stuck on full. Okay, that's pretty common. And I know what you're going to tell me. I'm going to have to bring it in, and I'm going to, but uh-huh. is there anything you can do either under the hood or somewhere to dis- dislodge it? Or probably, probably not, Peggy. If turning the ignition on and off a couple of times doesn't move it, yeah, I've because tried that. it's not it's mechanical, good. it's electronic, so yeah, it's not like yeah, anything... It's got a little servo motor that actually drives that gauge, and it's fed by 5-volt reference, which comes from the computer, which is fed by a sender unit of tank. So it's not like a mechanical device that you can do anything with. Yeah, the other gauges are fine. It's Of all the gauges, it would have had to be, yeah, you know. I would almost <laughs> bet you it's going to be the dash gauge if it's stuck on full. They've had a lot of trouble with those on, on the newer Chevrolet product, those instrument panels. They actually yeah. recalled it on the Chevy pickup truck for that exact problem, but not on the Trailblazer. Okay. Even though it's the same servo motor on both of them. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. All righty. Thank you, Thank Louis. you, Bye-bye. ma'am. Bye-bye. 499-9526 number if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour. And we've got Chuck online. Good morning, Chuck. Yes. I was calling about, I got a 07 Ford pickup. Yes, sir. And I had my brakes done at 39000 mm-hmm. I mean, they were, I don't know what happened. Shaking and real the, bad when you swing your brake? Uh, the guy said he could not turn the drums. Rotor. At a shop. Can you turn those drums? No, sir. They can't be turned. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Ford has had a tremendous problem with down their pickups. They've actually revised those rotors about six or seven times, revised the pads, come out with a new rack and pinion, come out with new wheel bearings. 
some of the earlier model ones, there was about a four or $5,000 service bulletin on things they wanted you to change to try to fix mm. these problems. It's one of those sorry issues about buying your car and you won't have any trouble, but you don't realize all the stuff like this, the poor engineering that goes into some of these newer cars. Yes, sir. But was it, is it shaking when you brake again? No, sir. Well, he did one wheel, I think, and the other one, he kind of sanded down mm -hmm. a little bit, you know. He yes. kind of ground it down at his shop. Yeah. The only problem sometimes when you do that is it'll start pulling when you brake. If you apply yeah, brakes, it, it does a little, kind of a little bit. You yeah, know? and it'll probably get worse in time because the surface finish is not equal side to side. Some of those mm -hmm. rotors are real expensive, too, because the bearing and all is made into the rotor. Right. Uh, Ford had a really... A pitiful design on that from my perspective and that's going on for about the last five years they just keep changing 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 each one's worse than the last or as bad man. Uh, but yeah it's, it's a screwed up deal man that's if you'd sit in my office for one morning and just see the stuff that comes in there you would never buy a new car again in your life isn't that something it's that's horrible disgusting i mean apps and they talk about cash for clunkers yeah. Man, I hate to see what's going to be happening with these ones that sell them now. They're clunkers when you buy them now, boy. <laughs> Listen, one other thing. Yes, sir. Quickly, I trans do you change the transmission fluid and filter? Absolutely, yes, sir. Okay, i got about 49000 I've been putting it on. Good time get, to do it, yes, sir. I'm uh, going to Houston next week toward the end of next week. And mm -hmm. could, uh, What would be a good day to come in, Monday? If you give Elaine a call, she could schedule it for you. I know we're extremely busy right now, so call her early, early Monday morning. Maybe it's 7 o'clock or so, because okay. I know we're just about booked up for the whole week already. Give her a call real early, and we'll see if we can get you in there. Thank you, sir. All right, Chuck. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 499-9526, number if you want part of the Automotive Hour. Just in case you didn't get a chance to call in or something occurs to you during the week, you can always go to the website. That's www.agcoauto, Altazan's Garage Company. A is an able. G is in girl. <laughs> C is in Charlie. And O is in Oscar. Agcoauto.com. Boy, there is a ton of information in there. I mean, more than you could ever, you get tired of reading before you exhaust the. That's right. Like the previous caller, there's a big section on the transmission service, removing the pan, changing the filter. We'll actually cut his filter open and mm -hmm. make sure there's no excessive debris in there before he goes on a trip. Correct. Uh, any signs of future failures. Mm -hmm. So really, really good service when you're getting your transmission service done. Well, you know, uh, the things between the difference between a transmission service, a real service like we're talking about, and say a flush, which a lot of people are doing nowadays. A right. flush, they don't test drive the car. They just pull it, hook a little machine to it, run some clean fluid through a dirty transmission. That's it. That's right. And you, he would have no idea uh, what kind of shape the transmission was in. Whereas when we do it, we actually go through the extra steps of cutting the filter open and actually looking to see is there any needle bearings or any washers or anything, any pattern failures that we... Something that's going to be a problem. Right, see a sign of. A lot of times, too, I know you'll say you'll go in and retark the valve body bolts, maybe adjust a band yeah, another, and actually prevent a problem, prevent uh, a failure. A particular problem on Fords or, you know, not really a problem, but that's one of the more common ones that the valve body bolts do come loose on. Mm -hmm. Real, real common on the Fords. I think to, that, uh, that gasket, the valve up. body gasket shrinks up in time. Well, yeah, they used a very thick gasket, so it will compress over time, and then your bolts are loose. Right, and when that happens, you can develop a cross leak, which could actually end up burning the transmission up for something that could have been fixed Second yeah, during the service. During a service. But basically, no extra charge during the service. Right. So, right. yeah, something you really uh, want to think about. Head off about. any future problems. Right. You never, ever want a flush. No, you no, want a true no. service where they're going to drop the pan, service the filter, service the fluid, and do a complete inspection. Let's go back to our phone lines. we got Mike online. Good morning, Mike. 
How y'all doing this Doing morning? great, sir. Enjoying y'all show. Like- bought a 2006 Chevrolet Trailblazer. Mm-hmm. Always been a Ford man most of my life because mm-hmm. my daddy grew up in a been around them, but I got a good deal on this one. I was just wondering, uh, if I hadn't had no problem out of it. I know there's anything that I need to look out for. What I do, I travel a lot. Mm-hmm. I travel probably eight to ten hours a day. Okay, good, good. And I put usually forty to fifty thousand miles easily in about you know a year. That's or... perfect, uh, Mike. That vehicle will last a long, long, long time under those conditions because vehicles love to roll like that. That's uh-huh. basically ideal conditions for a car. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I would suggest to you, Mike, you need to get that in about once a year. Just uh-huh. bring it to me about once a year. I can go through and I can tell you everything. Now, of course, you could do it yourself as well, but you could have to get the manual out and figure out what things you should be doing. There's right. several fluids that need to be changed. What the point is is that you don't want to wait for it to break down. Right. What you want to do is you want to prevent breakdowns. For instance, servicing a transmission Makes sense because that costs about $150 and a transmission costs $3,500. Right. So we don't right. want to wait for the transmission to burn up. We want to service it. Right. You change the spark plugs because you don't want to burn the call packs up. Mm-hmm. You know, you change the fuel filter because you don't want to burn the fuel pump up. So instead of waiting until you've got symptoms and problems, get it in about once a year. Let me go through it. I can tell you everything it needs. We can do those things. And you could probably get 300,000 miles out of that vehicle the way you're driving it. Yeah, I've served the transmission, and they said that there's all in there synthetic. It is. It is synthetic? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Dexron 6. Dex 6. What about the rear end or the, you know? Yes, sir. Definitely needs to be serviced. Right around, be- right around 100,000 miles, yes, sir. Okay, well, I've got 75 ones, so I mm-hmm. need to do that pretty soon. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad idea. And it would, yeah, because much I drive it, and uh, mm-hmm. I idle a lot sometimes during the day, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's anything I need. Idling for a long period of time, would that hurt them at all? Well, what? it's not good for them. They don't like to idle. They like to run. But, I mean, if that's the way you drive it, that's just the way you drive it. I may idle it for maybe an hour, especially in these hot days when I, you know, I need air conditioning or whatever. Yeah. Then yeah, sitting idling for an hour is tough on it. you got to remember that you're going to have a lot more miles on that motor than what's indicated because sitting and idling for an hour is probably like driving for three hours. Really? Yeah, so it can't go by your mileage if you're doing that. You'd have to go by the actual hours on the engine. Hey, I'm sorry, but we're just totally out of time. If you didn't get a full answer or you didn't get your question answered, just go ahead and hit me on the website. That's www.agcoauto.com. Tell everybody how much I appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour. Preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.